What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Dwayne's Sports Podcast, uh, Season 1, Episode 8. Today, I have a special guest, once again, Mikwai Judson. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm always very flattered when you call me a special mm. guest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always an honor having you here and, you know, you being able to share your expertise on um, football and um, your fabulous insight on the game and also uh, the current World Cup and all the stuff that we'll get into in, in just a moment. Um, That's very kind. But yeah, yeah absolute pleasure. Always yeah. nice to chat. So um, I would say let's start off with the games that are a bit older. Let's start off with the group stage first. Um, and let's focus on England. So did England perform the way... You would expect them to in the group stage. Um, for the most part, uh, it's a good question, actually. Um, basically, yes. Um, I think uh, we sort of, for the most part, sort of good attacking talent, um, which is for, which should be obvious for a team that's got that much attacking talent, but sort of quite quite defensive and quite pragmatic, a la Gareth Southgate. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so basically what I what I was expecting in terms of, sort of some of the conservatism defensively and um, and, and 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 midfield and and, sort of, and really good quality attacking players up front. Perhaps this isn't group stage related, but sort of it was good to see a slightly more attacking approach, mm-hmm. uh, just four defenders, um, but a bit of a conservative midfield for the game against yeah. Senegal. Uh, mm-hmm. Performance wise, though, um, they were a little bit. A little bit all over the place. I didn't. I didn't watch the Iran game, but by all accounts, they were very good in that. Mm-hmm. Um, not so good against uh, the US, yeah. sort of really sort mm-hmm. of bland and, and sort of lacking mm-hmm. any any sort of ability to string things together and, um, and 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 sort of actually put together a good comprehensive midfield and attacking performance. And then um, third game against Wales was yeah fine. Um, again, so similar stuff in the first half, but sort of much, much, much better in the second. Um, so yeah, seven. I think I was yeah seven points from the, from the group was about right. What mm-hmm. well, I would have expected mm-hmm. and, and hoped for um, finishing first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as 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 you mentioned, I it was it was nice to see Gareth Southgate make the most and also utilize the um, off- uh, offensive uh, talent that England have. Um, especially, you know, if, if that's Marcus Rashford coming on, Jack Grealish making an appearance, even Trent coming on briefly in the Wales game, and also Callum Wilson. Um, it was nice to see that he was able to use that because um, oftentimes, and also during the Euros, he left quite a lot of... Uh, he didn't use a lot of the subs, and I always, I always um, had hoped for that he would eventually learn out of that, and... Um, incorporate the other players to make, to 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 give them a chance and give them self confidence and assure them that you know they're still part of the squad and that um and 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 that they can they he still uh, instills faith in him and uh, and 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 that they that they're um good enough to to still play for England. Um, one thing that I would potentially um criticize but that's sort of in terms of their starting 11 is that he's not gone with a very attacking starting 11 it's more fit his idea of 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 playing football sort of as you mentioned defensive 
pragmatic. Um, thankfully, it's not been a back five, but it's been, you know, if we especially look at the midfield, it's been Henderson, Declan Rice and Bellingham as opposed to using a more uh, a central yeah. attacking midfielder, for example, Phil Foden or Grealish. So it's been, in that regard, it's been defensive. Um but do you still believe that's the ideal lineup, sort of a, a more defensive midfield trio? I think so. I mean, so, so I remember seeing somewhere um, that sort of Southgate actually looked into all of this, and he, and, he, and, and the, the conclusions that he and his team came to were the teams that do well in tournaments are those that concede the fewest goals and have the best defence. And, and this is something straight out of American sports, right? It's that idea that um, your attack wins you games, but your defence wins you championships. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, in, in sort of knockout games, we don't really see sort of particularly high-scoring games. You know, Portugal last night, an exception to that. Germany back in 2014, another exception. But for the most part, sort of the really big games, mm-hmm. they're sort of 1-0, 2-1. They're pretty close margins. Yeah. Um, so setting yourself up not to lose first and foremost, I think is probably yeah. the right way to go about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um I, I thought that the the approach that they had in the Euros with Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips sort of sitting in front of a back in front of a back four I think works really well, um, allowing sort of Harry Kane to play off of um, or to play in sort of three three forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't quite know what the right midfield is. I think uh, Bellingham you can't drop him, and I don't think he's going to drop. Um, Declan Rice either yeah. um, mm-hmm. so I don't know sort of whether Bellingham can play that Calvin Phillips type role from the Euros mm-hmm. last year you'd know that better than me mm-hmm. but yeah I think I think those three sort of in midfield is, 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 is not is not a bad choice like I wouldn't quibble too much mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that yeah I, I, I definitely agree and I think it'd be it, it will be very interesting to see what formation um, Gareth Southgate will go with against the France um, in the France game because France will be the first tough test for England as many people said it's going to be where the competition essentially starts for England and you know looking at Gareth Southgate's recent lineups against tougher teams against bigger teams with more quality especially in the front Gareth Southgate has always opted for a back five um, and you know now Mbappe uh the question, you know, comes up: Does does do England shift to a back five and then make sure that uh, both Kyle Walker and John Stones, or Kyle Walker and Kieran Trippier, cover Mbappe, or how do they deal with Mbappe and their attacking threat in Mbappe and also Griezmann and Giroud and and Dembélé? So I think it's going to be very interesting to see um, with what tactics Gareth Southgate will go ahead, considering also he's done he, he he's got them spot on. He 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 the. England game against Senegal, um, they did fairly well. And also, um, all of the games apart from the America game, he's got the tactics um, spot on. So, um, to, to see what formation he'll go with and, and how he plans to contain Mbappe and to um, stop France from essentially scoring goals or, or a goal at all, I think that will be a main part of how England can win the game. Um, yep, no, I agree. And I mean, back five, I think is definitely what he's going to 
do. And I think, to be honest, it's the way to go. Um, I mean, France won the World Cup last year sort of by playing quite defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I really think this will be a game of whoever scores first is probably going to end up winning it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if France go 1-0 up, they'll put 10 men behind the ball with Mbappe on the counter-attack. Mm-hmm. And that's playing straight into their hands. So I think the Pirates need to be not conceding first. Mm-hmm. And I think... Um, a back five is probably the best way to go about that. I, I like the idea of Carl Walker. Um, yeah. That game, I'm not the only one, I think, who mm-hmm. who thinks he's the only one, really, who can sort of live with Mbappe's pace. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think Carl Walker absolutely has to start. Uh, whether that's sort of as the wing back or sort of as the, the right-sided centre-half with a Kieran Trippier or a Trent Alexander-Arnold mm-hmm. playing as a wing back, Mm-hmm. I think Trent could be a really interesting wing-back option because yeah. that allows him a little bit more sort of freedom to to go forward in a way that playing as the right-back in the mm-hmm. four maybe doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think whatever he goes with, um, Kyle Walker has to play yeah. to counter the threat from Mbappe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and also, I mean, when, I, when France played Poland, Dembele was really good in that game as well. Mm-hmm. He caused all sorts yeah. of trouble. So I don't think it's important not to forget about that role wing for France um, so I think I think a back five is is, is, is probably the way South it's going to go but I think mm-hmm. it's it's definitely the way we we should go like I just think England can't afford to to um, to, to concede first in that match yeah you brought up um, Trent Alexander-Arnold and, and the fact that um, he in your opinion should, should should be part of that starting back five now I I said that he had only briefly um, come on for the for the game against Wales, and since then has been hasn't been used. So, I if if you were to put him in the back five, I think that'd be a tough ask, considering he hasn't played, um, he hasn't had that game experience. For example, compared to, you know, John Stones, Harry Maguire, the regular defenders, and that's probably stemming from the fact that Gareth Southgate has a team in his eyes and the the majority of the team that he picks are from his favorites and not yeah. only in defense but also you know guys like obviously Harry Kane should start every game I'm not saying he shouldn't but Harry Kane Saka Pickford especially with Harry Maguire and John Stones and Luke Shaw on the left so there's not a lot of creativity and 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 changing and mixing up the formation for Gareth Southgate, it's more of him picking his favourites and sticking to that formation, maybe shifting to a back five occasionally, depending on the opponent. But most of the time, it's it's Gareth Southgate really sticking to his 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 um, favourites. And especially, especially, we, we have to mention Harry Maguire, who, in my opinion, or should I say there's been a lot of backlash. He, he's received a lot of backlash for his performances um, in a Manchester United shirt, but I believe it was the right call for Gareth Southgate to make, for him for him to for him to start for England, considering how well he's done in the past tournaments, um, and 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 that he's been able to help England keep a clean sheet and also, um, make that make the, the 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 partnership with John Stones relatively solid and reliable also. Yeah, um, I mean, I think they they did really well in the Euros, um, and I will admit I was a bit. I was a bit more skeptical about Harry Maguire, mm. um, but no, he's he's impressed me in this tournament. I think there's been a couple of moments where I sort of thought, Ooh, I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. particularly convinced. But, um, but you know, if there was, if there were anyone else, I'd have written them off as as moments. So no, he's done well. 
um, and he's played well. So I, I'm I'm happy to sort of yeah maybe sort of um, Maguire, Stones, and uh, and Walker in the back three. Um, unless he wants to be unless he wants to bring in Eric Dyer and sort of play yeah. Walker as the the wing back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think having um, sort of that second defender be a quick one uh, in case Mbappe. When Mbappe gets past the first one, it's probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I, and, and, and I think sort of the you know Harry Maguire's had a couple of good moments going forward. He he, he certainly sort of offers something aerially, both defensively and in attack, and, mm-hmm. and and that's sort of a nice option to have. So yeah, no, I'm, I didn't think I'd be saying this, but I'm sort of probably quite quite happy with him if he um, when when he will be starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we've so we've focused on the England situation now. So if you, in your opinion, what what team has surprised you the most, uh, in a negative way? So what what's your what's been your surprise package of of this year's World Cup? Um, so I say this as someone who hasn't watched them play with Spain. Um, okay. I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting them to go out to Morocco. Mm-hmm. Um, Certainly. Uh, so that was that was a bit of a shocker. I did watch their penalties, and I was not impressed. No, no. Um, I was not impressed with the. Um, I was not. Uh, I was not impressed with the penalties that they took. Um, and again, I haven't watched them, but uh, Germany, Belgium as well, actually Belgium, yeah. perhaps more so than Germany. I've, I've sort of heard a few doubts about Germany going to the tournament, but Belgium as well, sort of probably the last big tournament of that golden generation exactly. yeah. um, mm-hmm. to go out into the group in the group stages um, obviously sort of yeah not not great um, particularly sort of given the, the performance that Lukaku had in that last game mm-hmm. missing a couple of really big chances yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah um, probably two I named two there but perhaps perhaps Belgium more so than Spain to be honest mm-hmm. so I, I, I did expect a lot more from, mm-hmm. from Belgium I think the word big chances has really defined this World Cup because not only has have big chances affected, negatively affected, should I say, negatively affected um, uh, Spain or Belgium, but they've also affected Germany. Um, if, if I was just talking to a friend earlier and he said that the expected goal statistic showed that during the group stage, Germany had, uh, in every game, the, an expected goal rate of 10 goals considering the amount of shots they had on target and the fact that they only managed to score one goal against um, Japan, one goal against Spain and four against Costa Rica. So I think if, if all those teams managed to, um, to put the ball in the net in, um, more often, then I think the outcome of the, of the World Cup and the outcome of the group stage results is, is, is very different. Yeah, indeed, and I mean that's that's the problem. I mean, I think Germany. I, I forget who made this point, but Germany were possibly quite uniquely unlucky in the sense that if they started off um, against Costa Rica one four two, they they got three points up mm-hmm. uh, or right, they've got three points on the board, a strong performance, um, and perhaps that World Cup goes very differently uh, because at that point you know, they you know if they have that draw with Spain, then they they're on four points and then they probably only need another draw against Japan to go through but losing to Japan and then drawing with Spain when, you, when you've got one point from your first two games um, means you're, you're really sort of putting yourself in a difficult position um, so if as, as with all of these things the margins are so small right so if Germany had um, had the, the order of their games uh, perhaps slightly differently then they may have they may have qualified um, you know and, and I, I 
I saw that statistic on when Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia had something like 0.1 expected goals. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they managed to score two in about five minutes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's sort of the, the drama of, um, of, to- of tournament football, really, Absolutely. is there's, um, the, the margins are so small and, mm-hmm. and you don't need a lot to go wrong before, um, before, yeah, before it really bites you. Um, in my opinion, I think the, 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 the biggest disappointment, aside from Germany, Belgium, and Spain even, would have to be, more, uh, would have to be Denmark. Because yeah. going into the tournament, um, a lot of people, including most of my friends actually, considered them to be a, a dark horse, a team that would surprise people. Um, yep. You know, in the Euros of 2020, they did... They did very well for their standards. They reached the, the, the Euro semi-final, got knocked out to England. But considering they've, they've put on such a, um, you can almost say, horrendous performance in this World Cup, it, it, it's, it's interesting because they have the squad, yeah, they have um, the players, but they just couldn't seem to get it, get it together this World Cup. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I didn't. I didn't watch them, but I, I, I did hear. So sort of the impression I had was um, they didn't. They didn't sort of play with the the urgency that was quite necessarily um, that they maybe should have right mm-hmm. at, right at the end when they were facing elimination. But yeah, I mean, they. I mean, they made it all the way to the um, to semi-finals of the Euros. They were arguably the better team, better than England in yeah. that semi-final game. Yeah. Um, and so to see to see the the change between. Um, between um, between the marks of two years ago and um, and and what's come out and what came out of this tournament, um, yeah, just yeah, big big gap, and um, yeah, I was also really surprised. I, I thought they would do they do quite a bit better. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, especially as you know, they're the you know Australia and Tunisia are not bad sides, but Denmark really probably should be yeah. should be aiming to finish above both of those. Yeah. I mean, there were even there were even shouts for Denmark finishing above France, which I thought was a bit outrageous, because yes, they did beat them in the Nations League, I think twice. But tournament football is different. You know, people are going to give it their all, and France with Mbappe and, and the squad they have, they were they were surely going to top um, that ta- the table, and they they obviously inevitably did. Um, so yeah, I think Denmark, amongst other teams, including Belgium, that. They still have certain players, but I think they're going to be entering a rebuilding phase. So where the you yeah. know, where the national team is going to you know a lot of players are going to leave. There's going to be new ones, and they're not going to probably do well in two or four years, but in in eight years, in 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 ten years, that they, they might be amongst the favorites again, or they might be considered you know a top ten team. But as for now, those teams are they've dropped, and and they're going to give way to to teams. Such as you know Argentina, um, Brazil, Portugal, N- Netherlands, all the teams that are, um, that are in the quarters right now. And if I if I look at this, um, I'm intrigued because it's 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 uh, it's re- a real interesting draw because you know you have top nations against each other, and you know and it, and, and it's looking likely um, to be a. Argentina Brazil semi final, which would be a Copa America final rematch. 
And yeah. um, I really, I, I really can't wait for that matchup. Simply. Yeah, that would be that would be uh, a game that's full of drama. Um, mm. I mean, looking at it, you'd certainly sort of think that um, those are the two teams going through. But again, I mean, if there's anything we take from this World Cup, it's don't underestimate. Don't underestimate teams. Australia almost took Argentina right to the, to the final whistle. Yeah, yeah. The Netherlands are, are, are a really good mm-hmm. team. I was really impressed with how they played against the USA. Um, the USA certainly a sort of no walkover, and um, mm-hmm. but the Dutch played really, really well in that game. So excellent game management, and yeah. sort of really yeah. um, sort of took them apart tactically. Mm-hmm. Croatia made the World Cup finals four years ago, um, mm-hmm. so they're certainly sort of not, shouldn't be written off either. Um, but Brazil have been. Yeah. So good, um, and um, Argentina's a strong team as always, and I think that would be a really exciting game to watch. So I'm sure there'd be um, a big, uh, a lot of atmosphere there, yeah. and um, yeah. I'm sure. So, yeah, that would be a that'd be a really exciting game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be a big one for sure. I think one um, one thing that these the big teams that are still remaining share in common is the fact that. Their squad depth is is off the charts. I mean, if you look at the starting eleven these teams can put out, and then you look at the bench, it's their yeah. bench is not as good, but their bench would have set. I think every player, or seventy or eighty percent of the, their players on their bench, would go into every other um, second or third tier national team and and go into their starting eleven and play. That's how incredibly um, fortunate they are to have that quality um and squad depth and i think that's what has 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 kept them in 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 the race and and is gonna um ensure them um that they're gonna progress especially you know brazil not not so much croatia not so much morocco that's why i think they're both gonna go out but you know more brazil and argentina and even with england and france it's sort of nose to uh, it's sort of you know same same very similar squad also, I would say England's have have slightly have the better bench, but um, who knows what's gonna happen in that game and and and, and um, yeah. So it's squad depth that has had a, that has stood out for me, um, and not so much the 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 starting eleven um, by itself. Yeah, no, I agree, and I mean I, honestly, if you put England's second second eleven in in as its own team. Mm-hmm. They'd probably make it out of most groups and probably could get to the quarterfinals, depending on who they were drawn against. Mm-hmm. Um, England just have, have a phenomenal, phenomenal amount of depth. I mean, when you look at players like Trent, like Jack Grealish, like Marcus Rashford, depending on the day. I mean, Phil Foden didn't start until quite recently. Yeah. These guys just mm-hmm. sitting on the bench. It's mm-hmm. it's incredible. Um, yeah. Obviously, sort of the same goes for for Brazil's so that that second eleven team that they put out against. Um, Against Cameroon, um, still just absolutely brilliant, and would do would do really well. France with a tremendous amount of depth as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's sort of um, you know that's that's sort of the challenges. And, I, and I'm not sure sort of Southgate sort of entirely figured out. I think Didier Deschamps probably has, but I'm not sure if Southgate has entirely figured out which of those eleven players need to be. Um, need to be starting starting on the pitch as opposed to, you know, it's all well and good to have the 25 best players. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you pick the 11 that um, that, uh, that sort of work together well? Um, and I think, I think for the most part, he's done a good job with that. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, just the luxury of being able to bring on Jack Grealish and Marcus Rashford 60 or 70 minutes mm-hmm. in is, is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Imagine sort of, as an opposing defender, sort of mm-hmm. spend 70 minutes having Bukayo Saka run you ragged and then Jack Grealish comes on. Mm-hmm. Um, same for Brazil, you have yeah. Gabriel Martinelli's coming on at 70 mm-hmm. minutes. I mean, that must not be an, appe- an appealing thought for, <laughs> for opposition defenders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if, I want to ask you this, this question. If you were to only listen to your head, what is your head telling you about the England-France matchup? Can England beat France? Um, I think they can. I think they can. Um, I think. Um, I think to be to be perfectly honest, when I watched Poland play, I was, I was actually quite impressed with how Poland played. Um, and I think if Poland had taken some of those chances early on and scored first, the game might have gone very differently. I mean, ultimately France won it pretty comfortably, but um, by no means, by no, by no means, sort of a complete walkover. And I think that's sort of the blueprint, really, for sort of how to play against France. Is um, I think England just can't let them score first. Mm-hmm. I think that has to be the absolute priority. If England could go one 0 up um, and sort of dictate the game a little bit more, I think they're in with a very good chance of going through. Um, I think it'll just be about managing the pressure of a World Cup quarterfinal, but a World Cup quarterfinal against France mm-hmm. that has some really good, really good players. Um, so I think England can do it. And I, and I don't just say that emotion, I sort of brash it. Um, I think so. I think France are probably slight favourites slight, yeah, slight going favorites. into the match. Yeah, yeah, but, um, but it's one of those ones that, you know, you play it... Um, Ten times, and each team probably wins four times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I really think it could go either way. But yeah, no, I, I definitely think England, England are in with a with a good chance of winning. Um, they they've got the quality, and and I think the way they play, for the most part, that sort of conservative approach lends itself quite well to, to playing against France. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've we've talked a lot about England and the other teams, and now I want to finish this episode off with. Um, a question that I've asked the majority of my friends here in Germany, a question that I've asked myself, and is that question being, can England do it all and pull it off and finally bring football home for the first time since 1966? Uh, I think they definitely can. Um, I think they've got sort of the the talent and the squad and the, the team to do it, I just think it's going to be really difficult because um, I remember in 2018 they had a couple of favourable matchups, probably the same, I think, in the Euros. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if they're going to win, they're going to have to beat France. Yeah. Then they're probably going to have to beat Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess it'd be Brazil or Argentina. Mm-hmm. Probably Brazil, but you never know. I mean, those are three really, really, really good teams, and you have to win those three games yeah. in a row. So there's, there's very little margin for error. So everything kind of has to go their way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if, if it's an injury here or a bad decision there, so it all kind of needs to break for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm not expecting England to win, but I would be. Um, I wouldn't. You know, I think they. I think they've got a chance. Um, mm-hmm. I think they've got a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so England would have to pull off something special uh, in the last three games, considering also um, that in the previous tournaments, in the 2018 World Cup and also the 2000, 
and 21 euros. England have faced pretty easy opponents leading up to the semis or the finals. You know, they had, um, I believe they had Sweden and Colombia, and then they faced Croatia in the semis. And in the Euros, they faced, um, okay, yes, with the exception of Germany, they, they beat them quite comfortably in the end. But then in, in, the, in the quarters, they faced the Ukraine. And in the semis, they faced um, the, the Denmark. So this will be interesting to see. It, is, it will be England's first real test. And I think if England managed to win and then beat Portugal... Gareth Southgate will remain coach. But if England lose to France, considering how well they've played and leading up to this game and, and they've dominated the possession and and um in some in some regard, especially um in the back, they've exceeded expectations. But if England lose against France, I believe it's only right for Gareth Southgate then to um Look in the mirror and t- and and say to himself, "I'm not good enough. I haven't managed to, to to get the best out of this squad, um, especially playing a difficult opponent." Do you agree with me? No, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I'm I'm not really a fan of um, manager must win next games to keep his job. Manager must win three of the next five games to keep his job. Manager loses the next game, he loses his job. I'm not I'm not really a fan of that because. Um, managers, I, I think, sort of need to be there for the long term, and and that's that's a it's a very sort of short term approach and and perspective, and and it, and there's just too much, um, you know, there's too many variables in playing any one game. Like, what happens if you know England, um, you know, they're one nil down in the eighty fifth minute, get a obvious penalty, the referees don't give it. And because of that, they get knocked out. What if you know Harry Kane misses a really easy shot um, that would in, would win England the game in the last ten minutes? But because it doesn't, it's one one. They go to extra time and they lose on penalties. It, little things like that. I don't think managers should lose their jobs over because they they just they don't have any control over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it's it's sort of setting um, it's sort of, it's judging them by the wrong the wrong standards. I think if what we I, I, I think we need to be looking at is things like um, what is the overall trajectory of the team. So in the Euros we made it to the final, in the World Cup before it was the semi-finals. Um, so if we're if we're going sort of linearly, we should win this big tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that that's that's phenomenal. I don't remember when the last time England as a national team performed so well. So overall, yeah, these are really difficult competitions to win. And the team that wins them is not always the best team. Sometimes they're just the luckiest team or the team that was in the right place at the right time or sort of had the right draw in the right bracket. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's already done phenomenally well in that respect. And I think what he's, both from results and from um, a culture perspective, he's, he's really created a a far more positive feel around the England team and that's that's fantastic. Now if you want to if you want to say to me that or if the FA say, yeah, Southgate's done a really good job, we want a manager who plays a more attacking style of football, mm-hmm. then that's fine. That makes sense because mm-hmm. there's a clear sort of vision mm-hmm. and, and they want a new manager who's sort of help, who's better placed to fulfill that vision. Um 
and and that I can understand. But I'm I'm not so sure. I I, I would I, I would agree with this idea that if England lose to France, then he should go because, I mean, uh, it, there's there's just too much there's just too much up in the air um, that that potentially affects that result. It's it's all about is he the man that, that takes England forward and gets them really competing for and winning big tournaments. Okay, I see where you're going there, and yes, I have I have backed Southgate. You know, even even though they they had not done England had not done too well uh, in the Nations League, but I've I've continued to back him. But my my thing is, if England don't manage to beat France, that will be the third time, or no, oh sorry, I'll say the second time, where England with a very similar squad, and a, a squad with an attacking quality that is simply unmatched, where they have failed for the second time to do anything big. And it just shows that Gareth Southgate, in the big moments when it matters, you know, Italy, Euros 2020 final. And, you know, if it happens against France, it shows that Gareth Southgate, in, in these big moments, isn't capable of getting the best out of the England team. And therefore, in the long run, shouldn't continue as England manager. Because if he can only beat, you know, the small and middle, middle tier teams, then, yeah, that's nice. That's, you know, but... That that's that's what you expect from England at the bare minimum. They should they should be doing so much better. They should England, in my opinion. So if Gareth Southgate, um, if 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 England don't beat France, he should he should walk because England with that squad, and yes, I understand it's not always the best team. Um, the it's the best team doesn't always win the World Cup, but with that squad that England have, they should at least be in the semi-finals because it's 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 then yet again another tournament where Gareth Southgate hasn't used um the 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 or gotten the most out of the squad and hasn't used the squad to its fullest potential and that just be nationwide just be another disappointment and just another way to say that England have simply just choked and and just and just failed Miserably, so I think it re- it's a defining moment. This game is a defining moment for Gareth Southgate's um, England career and how England um, will be viewed as from the outside. Because if we can beat France, then it clearly, clearly shows that Gareth Southgate has first of all learned from his mistakes in the past, and then he has managed to change this England team so that they can beat tough opponents. And if we beat France, I think we can win it all. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I think sort of your point around sort of being too defensive and not and not making the most of the attacking talent in the squad. I would I, that I that I agree with, and that that to me sort of sounds like that's the kind of argument I could get behind. So I mean, I remember sort of the, against both Croatia and and Italy, um, we went ahead early, so broadly sat back, um, and and ultimately conceded um, and lost those games. And 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 you know, if the argument is Gareth Southgate should be managing England because he's too conservative. Um, and and essentially that approach gives up all of the initiative. It leaves us vulnerable to the opposition. Mm-hmm. That I can get on board with. Um, that I can get on board with because I felt we 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 went into a, a sort of parked the bus. Let's wait the game yeah. out. Um, mm-hmm. Far too early against mm-hmm. Italy. Um, far 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 too early. That I can get on board with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily know who the alternative 
would be but but that's the kind of argument that, that i would say yeah no that makes sense that i can get behind but um but yeah i mean i mean there's a million and one things that could happen against france sure. and there's a, and a football's a football's a, a crazy sport and there's, a, there's so much that could happen so mm-hmm. what if we play really 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 well and completely outplay them but you know Olivier Giroud accidentally kicks the ball the wrong way in the 92nd minute and we go 1-0 out yeah. um despite being by far the better team on the day I wouldn't argue mm-hmm. Southgate should lose his chance for that that's a complete fluke mm-hmm. but if you know if if we you know if we score a goal in the 15th minute park the bus um and lose 1-1 or, or 2-1 because that's how we've gone to play yeah I'd start to sort of come around to that point of view mm-hmm. a little bit more mm-hmm. yeah okay so it's nice to see that you know overall even though you know if it's on the small, smaller details we don't necessarily agree but overall we can come to a, a sensible conclusion um, that this game will, will, will be a defining moment and will, will potentially change and alter things how England goes forward. Um, so yeah, um, McWhite, thank you very, very much for um, you know, providing me with your insight on, and football knowledge on this World Cup. It's been, as always, a pleasure to have you on and uh, I look forward to inviting you in the future and talking to you about, you know, football or if that's cricket or any other sports, because I know that uh, you are um, have a lot of knowledge. <laughs> that's that's kind. And yeah, no, always a pleasure. And actually, we should do a cricket podcast yes. because there is lots to talk Absolutely. about in cricket with Absolutely. a really good win for, um, for England earlier this week. Indeed. So, Indeed. so yeah, no, let's do a, let's do a cricket podcast mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, all right.